Welcome to Zero Downtime, the new podcast brought to you by DCD's editorial team in partnership with Vertiv, the world's leading critical infrastructure provider. Hello, listeners. Welcome to episode eight of DCD Zero Downtime. I'm Claire Fletcher, partner content editor at DCD. And in this episode, DCD editor in chief, Seb Moss, is joined by Jacqueline van der Verken of LeaseWeb General Counsel to discuss gender disparity within the industry. The data center industry is notoriously male dominated, but unlike other industries where women might be physically unable to partake as readily as men, here that's just not the case. So, why are there so few and what can we do to change it? Listen on to find out more. But first, a word from our lovely sponsors, Vertiv. Vertiv has kept the world's leading businesses connected for more than 50 years. We build, deliver, and support critical infrastructure that's available, sustainable, and future ready. Visit us at vertiv.com and see what we can do for you. Hi, Jacqueline. How are you doing? Hey, so nice to meet you. Nice to talk today. Yeah. Um, so, you know, we're, we're going to talk later in this podcast about the, the gender imbalance in this sector and how we can address that. But first, I want to talk a bit more about your specific role. So you have done, you know, this. Uh, uh, you've been a, a global legal counsel at Verizon, director of legal and regulatory affairs at Liberty Global, and now obviously at LeaseWeb's parent company. That requires this intersection of two very technical subjects. You know, some would say quite dry subjects, technology and law. How did you get into that sector? Yeah, well, years back, uh, early in the days when the telecommunications industry got sort of liberalized, I think it was really a true true opportunity to find out how this industry uh, would develop in more creative solutions. And so uh, instead of the incumbents, more international players uh, came across. And for me as a Dutch person, um, it fitted in my, um, yeah, my, my interest to also go abroad and to look how in the USA uh, things were arranged. So, for example, AT&T was the first big telco to come over across uh, in Europe, I think. And then, yeah, like you say, Verizon, well, previously uh, there was also an organization called Worldcom. So, I mean, to keep it short, it's just that uh, appetite that you have as a young person to be uh, focused more on more international business. And so for me, it was like, uh, you know, the sky was the limit. It was so exciting. Um, and for your question about how I feel about technology, because I'm a, a legal person, mm-hmm. I was trained legal counsel, in-house law firm, and then going to the business. Um, yeah, I think there is also a sort of um, feel that technology does not lie. So the technology it's about facts. It's right. abstract. It's like numbers. Uh, It's like measurable, so sort of smart uh, instead of political or movable. So, I mean, for me, um, I I like the strictness of the law, but uh, equally I like the the frankness and just the boldness of technology, I think. And that is a nice combination. But I I guess the counterpoint of the strictness of law is technology evolves much faster than, than laws can often keep up. So does that does that pose a difficulty where you're kind of trying to provide 
legal advice on something like well there isn't any anything to look back on and to, to compare yeah, it to that's yeah spot on because i was trained as a corporate lawyer mm. which is very strict like entities and uh, financing details and uh, and directorships but uh, this type of thing uh, opens my eyes that as a lawyer and in the business and in this type of new t- new technology sector um, yeah you can be creative uh, looking for solutions for contracts, uh, licensing approaches. So yeah, it gave a lot of um, creativity, but also of course overcoming uh, solutions and uh, building really new business. And I think um, yeah, that's also CISP's uh, purpose to see what's new in our sector uh, to make it possible that. Um, current structures fit very well to our new technology and our, to our new services mm-hmm. and that it that and that we help out in also with politicians and lawmakers but also uh, of course the management teams to find a way to prosper our business but at the same time uh, be predictable and uh, build structures by law right and and so i should say CISPI, that's the cloud infrastructure service providers in europe group and, and you're on the board of directors of that. Yeah, that's true. So at LeaseWeb, I'm the general counsel DPO, like data privacy officer. But uh, it means really the original type of compliance, legal and um, and regulatory. And for CISPI, I think uh, many organizations uh, were already organized for example, in the telecoms and the datacom industry. But now, uh, as um, as we stand for hosting industry, that was, I think, typically the new league. So like uh, five, six years ago, uh, we found that in Europe, the infrastructure providers, so truly the infrastructure uh, working in the data centers, um, uh, making sure there is enough um hardware and software in servers uh, available in the data centers and how to deal with that. There was not yet a representation. So a thumbs up and so well done for um, Alban Schmutz and also Francisco Mignoranse, who really uh, sort of started CISPI, found our members. We have 26 members now and we are really strong in Europe. And I think we are uh, appreciated as a regulatory um sort of foundation well we are really not a foundation we are really a membership uh, vehicle so that um if politicians or european um commissioners uh, try to check if it fits with our industry they are keen to come to us and we are very keen to work together right and and so would you describe it as well like a trade body a lobbying firm lobbying group what how is this be kind of seen internally yeah lobby is of course uh, sometimes um, has a bit of a a flavor but (laughs) i think what you just said in the beginning when we started talking Mm. is that we need to overcome of course with new technologies also the new regulatory regime and i think we are more helping out and also uh, educating and explaining how the industry really works because uh, infrastructure as a service is really specific. And of course, for our business people, well understood. And also for our customers, we explain uh, yeah, what the cloud really is uh, the best we can. But for uh, the regulatory um, 
formats that are available now, yeah, you know, we just sometimes need to explain a little bit more and we need to clarify where we need new approaches or where it fits, where definitions need to be amended and need to be uh, fit for our purpose. And so it, it may not have happened yet, but, you know, we have seen it with similar groups in the US where some of the members start trying to pull in a different direction from the core group. How do you kind of balance if Lease Web wants one thing and CISB wants a slightly different thing to stop that, you know, yeah. just conflict of interest? Yeah, it could happen. I mean, we are a group now already 26 members, so very proud to be uh, representing CISP uh, as, a, as a board member. And we have smaller companies, we have bigger companies, we have, we have truly European-based companies in Spain, in Italy, uh, also in the northern part of Europe. And of course, we are sort of in between in the Netherlands for LeaseWeb. Um, but uh, yeah, mainly we can say that these are privately owned companies. So we have a lot in common. We have the technology in common. We have our regulatory position in common. Uh, but sometimes the type of organizations, it's not the same. For example, one of our members is uh, Amazon Web Services. Mm. And typically their mother company, their um, central organization is in the US, as opposed to many of our other members. So on some files, yeah, you can have a sort of deviating opinion. And um, I think we are quite fresh and young still. So wherever the knowledge is, we try to spend our time and our efforts very efficiently and enthusiastically. Uh, that we combine our members for the files where it matters and other files, yeah, we leave our members alone mm. or they take a different route. But we are not really uh, publicly um, uh, highly trained to make um, a very clear sort of deviating opinion. It's still quite uh, relaxed, I think. Right. And so on one of the subjects where it matters, that brings us up to the, the core subject of this podcast, which is the gender imbalance. So you're part of the CISP Women in Cloud Task Force. Um, and, and to give some quick stats, it's according to the 2020 Digital Economy and Society Index. There's 8.4 million ICT specialists across the EU and 81.5% of them are male. Um, I think, you know, for the data center sector, that's... Probably maybe even higher. It's it's a very male dominated, especially as you get higher up the seniority level. Um, in in cloud again, very very high male gender split. Um, I think the best way of t talking about this is to split it into the two topics that are actually the task force's goal. One is empowerment of those that are there, and the second one is how we attract more women into the industry. So first with empowerment, can you kind of explain what you mean by that? Yeah, of course, empowerment goes for any type of focus, right? I mean, it's uh, it's a regulatory focus we have. We empower ourselves to be seen, to be heard. Um, but empowerment for women, I think, uh, yeah, it's typical for an industry, just like the data come in the telecom, that we bring a new sound mm. and also uh, bring into play uh, enough equal opportunities for women because our society is about digitalization. We, uh, we are living and uh, making progress in a world where digital digital approach is key. Look at us now. Eh? We are talking in the podcast. I'm actually still at home today because uh, after Corona, the working at home uh, approach is uh, still very much appreciated. It's like the new 
type of working uh, in combination with working in the office. So empowerment is in many fields. It's not for CISPI, only focused, of course, on, on women in cloud. But we felt that we have really some hot topics and um, these are well received uh, also by the European um, uh, community, uh, by our customers, but also, um, yeah, I mean, uh, what you can read in the blogs, what you can read in LinkedIn. For example, we focus on procurement, we focus on data privacy, we focus on new ways of data portability. But we figured that all these uh, sort of commercial technical topics uh, were lacking one, and that is the women in cloud. And uh, also we were uh, sort of uh, triggered by making it more important because we are used to uh, making women in cloud like a self-explanatory thing. But we were triggered also by the European Commission if we participate in panels or if we organize events that I really insist, hey, CISP, uh, you can come, we can work together, but make sure that you are duly represented by a lady also. Hey, you need to be also showing your own equality. Yeah, I think, and, you know, a little kind of self-promotion here for our event series is that we also try and encourage, you know, where possible, more and more women to come to it. And it, it, it yeah, is we, we, difficult. Actually, we really felt mm. encouraged and we were happy to find a type of attitude and of course, it was already in our sector. Like I say, I think it's one of the yeah sort of the best uh, opportunities eh, to work in this sector to to um, create uh, equal opportunities. Um, but we were encouraged to do so, but uh, also internally, but also to spread the word to make it known. And that's what we are doing now. So we um, we. Um, um, made a sort of CISPI Women in Cloud Task Force. It will be on our website too. And we make a manifest and we are already reaching out to uh, events and to participate in panels and to create um, sort of momentum that we need to be seen, uh, we need to be heard, uh, we need to reach out to uh, schools for education. We really want to be uh, visible to bridge mm. the gap uh, between the industry, so like all the, the market players, also European Commission, maybe the regulators can um, use more women that are technically educated. Uh, so, yeah, we want to be uh, not only active internally, but also externally seen. And so so on that front, and I, I appreciate there's a inherent lack of knowledge I have being a, being a man, but... It, you know, you, you do hear the horror stories and you do see sexism and, you know, I'll be at an event and I'll hear someone say something or I'll talk to a woman and she just says, you know, I'm not listened to in a meeting or that I'm spoken over. I feel that I'm getting passed up on a promotion. How it can really differ from company to company, from division to division, um, from culture to culture. How do you try and create like a broad framework or a broad, uh, you know, fix that can actually help in all these different scenarios? Yeah, I think uh, startups or scale-ups are quite young. Mm. So I trust that there is a different type of uh, energy there, also a different attitude that people are are young and raised with the idea and of obviously also with how they work and how they execute their jobs in a truly fair way, you know, with no questions about it. 
Um, so that's the young startups, the scale-ups still even. Uh, but in the older industry, of course, we have to, <laughs> yeah, we have to make sure that um, um, old-fashioned uh, type of working is not overruling our needs. And of course, women, you know, I mean, economy is tough. Um, have we go to a very insecure time financially for every country we have our own uh, challenges so uh, we also want to build a secure and safe life and also being active and employed in this sector so how do we keep ourselves happy so that we stay in the sector well one thing I think contributes highly and that's mm. the scarcity of, um, of talent Right. Everybody, every country and also every uh, market player is really keen and looking for talent. And, and that I mean, and that's financially driven or economically driven, but that's also the truth. So there cannot be any distinction anymore in who to recruit. No, I mean, any man, any woman is very well uh, looked for and is needed. That's first of all, and that helps a lot. And that I think... Um, yeah, together with um, also provide for role models because we also want to do mentorships. We want to broadcast, uh, for example, webinars where we can show our role models. For example, LeaseWeb has a lady CTO mm. and also our members at CISPI. There's so many ladies present, but we just need to also for young people that are at university and are still more in the um, non-technical uh, um uh, um, uh, studies that you really can en enter this industry and make yourself um, known to it and make yourself um, uh, want it um, and, and also that you have a really happy career here because yeah that's for sure it's uh, a safe career mm. and um, and the more young people and young women come in the, the better we can build our own digital world really yeah so i on that subject of if we shift to now attracting more women to the industry i guess there's a the challenge like you said right at the beginning stage of the pipeline it's kind of at the education stage saying hey this is a career for women there is a reason to join the sector you don't feel that you're just going to be sidelined for men um but that problem means that's a question of just sheer time for those people then to, to start in entry level positions, filter up slowly to more and more senior positions. So it, it, is that really the only main way? Because it, it feels like that would take a long time. Yeah, but our our uh, demands and our shout out for more women in cloud is not only uh, focused on the higher positions, mm. not at all, because, you know, that only in data centers, but really working in data centers, of course, I know the data centers, it's really like technical engineers, right? So, right. but also there, it's so well possible to have a fully equalized um, team of ladies and, and, uh, and guys. So it's just also, I think, starting at educational level and from the families. I have a daughter of 18 years old and guess what she's choosing? She's choosing economy. <laughs> and I said, well, why don't you go for um, IT? Why don't you go for infra, for, for, uh, for the infrastructures and uh, that type of studies? But it's, uh, I think, still the fear to a certain mm. extent, but also the unknown. So I think uh, that the, the business is ready 
and also uh, so the industry is really keen to uh, to look out and to welcome a lot of ladies in this industry and we need it but also from the families and also the the, the university systems or schools um yeah it's really um it's really important to um explain that more technical roles are so much fun and so well appreciated. And that is doable. You don't have to have a sort of PhD uh, kind of, uh, you know, yeah. sort of brain set to do this. And by, by that, I also mean that it's highly appreciated that, uh, of course, we can have a lot of uh, ladies also working in economy, also my own profession, legal that a lot of women are active there or in HR, that's still also well appreciated. But the true digital um, transformation that we all have to deal with, I think would benefit a lot for ladies in that type of industry. Look at also the software and the systems. I mean, some systems are very intuitive, some are not. And you think, okay, if this would have been a sort of uh, melting pot about... um, so many elements that can go into a system or into a sort of um, license-based approach for digital uh, society. Yeah, we really make our own world. So mm. it it's for us, for guys and for ladies, but also done by guys and by ladies. Uh, because digital way of working, digital, you know, um, uh, way of living, it's just everywhere in our life. So why also not um, make it happen from, you know, from insourcing that type of brain power? Mm. So, so if someone's listened to this and they're in a position of enough power at their company, what can they do? Should they be trying to like liaise with local schools, local universities? Should they, do, do you recommend like blind hiring where you don't know the, the gender on a CV or the name even on the CV or going further and doing more kind of, actively trying to hire women above men what's the kind of balance they should strike yeah of course the you know the true targets by law are only focused on the higher positions on mm. the board and the supervisory uh board so that's a bit of a pity i think um but i hope that uh, despite a sort of strong regulatory regime to really hire more women that uh economy is driving towards that uh, goal so that it becomes a sort of self-sufficient um, cycle that we want more women, we need more women, and that also uh, women choose more uh, technical studies or feel more attracted to this industry. Uh, and of course, for us, speaking for CISPI, uh, especially the, uh, the infrastructure hosting providers, because, you know, without data centers, without us, uh, you know, it's really hard to make progress in a digital economy. So I hope that also the idea of what um, hosting is, what cloud is, what data centers are, uh, maybe we should make spend more time and uh, be more easy. Yeah, that we we give more uh, examples, mm. make it easier to understand, so that it's more attractive. Um, I think that is still the way to go instead of regulatory regime. Um, of course, it could also help to have some CV very neutral. But on the other hand, you know, why not benefit from uh, a nice a nice combination of young people? 
But also, of course, for my age, I've been in the business for quite some time. And it's really, I also still, you know, I also need to step up to um, <laughs> to overcome certain hurdles or to overcome certain barriers. Also, as especially for CISPI now working in uh, in the European Commission area, being uh, present in Brussels, mm. for me, it was quite... Um, funny to say okay we are starting up a women in cloud task force because i was not even paying attention to it you know what i mean i've been in this industry for so long together with the guys it's all about the boys and you sort of adjust to it and you think it's a normal way to go that you're only one or two ladies and that is still special but i i um so i was uh, approached as a sispi board member to do this and for me it was really a long shot it was not right. super easy because i'm used to one of the guys but that needs to change mm. we have so many um um sort of habits and so many uh, talents that are a little bit under the carpet And so, therefore, I still embrace to do this, although it's always, yeah, a sort of a challenge to really practice what you preach and also Mm. preach what you practice. But I think CISPI is doing a really good job to make this known. For example, also, uh, if you Google uh, women in tech, so many uh, activities are popping up. In Amsterdam, there is a tech uh, women in tech community coming up. All kinds of communities are coming up. So we want to liaise with these communities and see where we can share goals or see where we can find examples to uh, also in CISPI's area uh, and the education that is related to our type of profession to really offer something that, um, yeah, that contributes uh, to the success. Right. And I guess it is a challenge to, again, strike the balance of, you know, I spoke to a, a female CEO who was just like, don't talk to me about being a female CEO. I keep getting asked about being a female CEO. It's, you know, I'm more than that. I'm just like, I'm a CEO. I want to focus on my work while it, so it's about recognizing people's identity, but not forcing that upon them as their, their core definition. Yeah. Yeah. That sounds very familiar. I heard that just also recently. I was reaching out to a um, cloud academy. Mm. So really the thing we are looking for, it's uh, actually this one was in the Netherlands and I was calling this uh, person and I said, hey, are you interested to um, to do a, something together like a cooperation? And uh, can we organize some webinars for you? We can offer some mentorships or uh, some uh, role models. And then he said exactly the same as you point out mm. that, uh, and I was also in that league, I admit, but I think it's time to not be embarrassed about it, not to be ashamed about it and just speak it out loud that um, uh, that special task force or uh, the special attention is at the moment, most of the times not appreciated. Right. You don't want to be put in a separate uh, league or making part of a separate group or that you are sort of stamped or labeled like, hey, this is the women's club. Right. No, I mean, um, there is uh, not so much appetite to um, participate in these type of activities, but still, I think uh, we have to overcome that hurdle. And um, because there is still not enough knowledge that this industry is fun and easy to do and that it can be done. 
So I think that is, uh, you know, pain is also uh, a little bit uh, grow, growing pain. Yeah. So I think um, let it just all go behind us and uh, move forward and not quit in uh, focusing on this uh, important um, point. And there's also still, of course, the inequality of salary and also the uh, the more um, yeah the the, the more uh, classic points. The classic pain points. Yeah, of course, it's not super popular to talk about it, but mm. we just need to do it. And I, I mean, you mentioned it's important to not just focus on the kind of C-suite hires. I think one of my concerns also with, with C-suite hires is it's often used for the kind of gender equivalent of greenwashing, where you have companies that have a bad work culture, a bad gender balance, and they make a couple of high-profile female hires at the top layer. I'm, I'm thinking of Uber, for example, which is hit by a lot of sexism scandals and they just kind of dangle hey we hired one or two women everything's fine now how do you stop that kind of uh, trickery almost yeah it's easy to uh yeah it's of course it's always appreciated you mm. know uh, the more the better and uh yeah it's sometimes a, a start a kickstart maybe with one or two or maybe three uh, so that's great uh, because it's also serving for role models, even though it's top position, it's creating role model positions and, and hope and power and, and it can really make a difference. But what we as CISPI stand for, of course, it's not only the top positions because you know that working in a infrastructure as a, as a service uh, industry and the data center, so many valuable jobs also on the ground in a product marketing environment, product engineering, in the marketing, uh, so many important jobs where you really have to know your products, technical products, mm. digital products. And it also helps us to um, yeah, just uh, act and be more proactive in the in, uh, digitalization of our economy and way of working. So not only in the top, but just throughout the company. And if there is companies that only do this just for the reason, you know, the reason, mm. like sort of addressing, uh, well, they, I hope they still uh, benefit from women in these important positions still, even if it was, yeah, maybe um, uh, some regulatory drive or, or something else that drove them. But um, I think it's sort of a flying wheel. It will it will benefit also throughout the companies uh, that engage these women in the top. Um, and also, if it's it's if it, if it's really critical and not really you know how they operate, but still put them in these positions, it will appear. You know, I mean, in these days, not you cannot hide. <laughs> I mean, it's hard to hide these days. So and then. It's also um, it's also like a boomerang, hey? mm. you know. It's just turning the point because then it's less attractive for young women to um, to participate in these companies. So then, uh, you know, then you get a sort of distinction. Oh, I, I I love to work for these type of companies, yes, and the other ones rather not. Yeah, I on on that note, as a as a group, that's kind of corporate focused and corporate led is there a contingency plan for a first CISB member if there's a big scandal and turns out they have a very toxic sexist work culture would that be like instant removal from the group or what happens 
Yeah, I think our members are sort of too young or too... I mean, we work as a team very closely together. So if if we would have uh, members with with a more difficult uh, culture in their company. I hope we noticed that. I mean, just by cooperation and working together. We we started out as a very, I think, quite small uh, regulatory focused group. So we are sort of working together as friends or, well, of course, very professional and very mm-hmm. successful, but still uh, you feel if something is wrong, I think. I, I still hope we can feel that. Um But of course, we also make commitments. So now we made, in addition to Women in Cloud on the website and our our, um, um, sort of uh, highlights and the activities that we organize, we also made a manifesto. So we really uh, demand and require from our members to stand up and commit to the manifesto. So, um, yeah, and of course, it's still uh, paperwork, right? I mean... But at least it's a great start. And I don't believe we have problems. So um, so I think the manifesto will be well embraced. And it's about, uh, it's about education. It's about best practices. It's about policy, really doing something. So mm-hmm. it's not only to commit to it, like, okay, I, uh, you know, from a policy point, I can em- embrace this, but it's also showing that uh, you undertake some activities to make it happen. Yeah. Cause... And that will also be broadcasted. So, uh, yeah, I think um, by doing this, we are, of course, um, making a gesture to young women or older women, just experienced women, all kinds of um, valued uh valued uh, new participants to our industry and that's also good for the women but also good for our members mm. yeah, because of course we need uh, we need to prosper and grow yeah because because i'm more thinking of say like aws last year had 550 staffers sign a petition saying that there was like an underlying culture of discrimination and harassment um against women and and underrepresented groups but AWS is a massive company. So how do you kind of balance when it reaches a critical point and you go, hey, this is something we need to address as a, as a group? Yeah, we really did not come to that part and uh, I hope we never will. So um, yeah, I think we just need to discuss it and uh, for sure, uh, of course, uh, new goals and mm. fresh goals to move forward are most important. I think looking behind or looking to the past, yeah, that may also um, raise some concerns. I don't think it's uh, active uh, in our group of CISP members, but that's also with progress in every field. Right. You know, you look back, eh, look at all the political issues, and and, uh, and I mean, looking back is also creating a problem on many topics. So that's not only for regulatory stuff, that's also for women participation. And I'm really happy that we can make progress Mm. and we should, because I think, um, so as a general counsel now, I, yeah, you just were reading my career steps. I mean, I think um, even though digital life is of course a no brainer for young people, it's a no brainer. But still, I think um, the way the industry works has not changed so much. So we just need to hurry. Mm. It needs to be, uh, yeah, it needs to be a balance 
And I think every industry player is trying to achieve that balance. But I don't think so much has changed compared to when I started, which was long ago. And that's weird. That's not normal. Mm. So there is something lacking behind. So therefore, I super appreciate this podcast. And I also appreciate that CISPI is making this Women in Cloud Task Force. And of course, we try to find as many alliances as we can, because even though uh, everything in our society is moving forward, technology, digitalization, um, yeah, I mean, it's still a bit lacking behind, I think, on this part. Yeah, 100%. And and you, you said at the top, you know, one of the things that attracted you to this sector is the 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 kind of core fundamental truth of technology you know either works or it doesn't it's it's not kind of gray area uh as much as legal sector among that data can be incredibly useful at kind of helping understand the truth what's your view on companies providing kind of gender breakdowns salary breakdowns off those genders uh, and ideally better breakdowns of it's in this sector you know because like you said hr marketing so a lot of companies can say hey we're we're 50 50 on gender but it turns out the whole engineering team is all men it you think companies should be publishing this data yeah that would not be bad that would be nice actually uh, and maybe on a voluntary basis because like i say the more transparency the more it pays off If you are a market player, if you are a provider that is very transparent and very frank about it and just opens up in sort of transparency report, I mean, it's also attractive. You know, you can, I mean, people can read it and Mm. it makes its own attractiveness. So I'm blessed also with my HR department. It's not even an issue. And we have also from other countries, we have many international people coming on board and onboarded. Uh, and maybe in some other countries, uh, there is already, you know, what I mean is accelerating power. Maybe it was a little bit, you know, that the 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 the, the empowerment was felt to make an extra step forward in mm. technology, and then at the same time, you sort of take into your next step uh, also the equality and also the yeah the the um, the, the opportunities for the women. It just goes hand in hand. So that's what sometimes happens in some right. countries. And other countries are just maybe more classic and more uh, in the, coming from a conservative standpoint. But uh, the more transparency, uh, like you say, the more uh, numbers are shown, the more awareness there is. So the more uh, fun there is to, to uh, participate and change it. I think a lot of people would be, yeah, maybe surprised uh, of what's already in place. For example, we did a survey not long ago because we wanted to start a women in cloud task force with some kind of basis as a knowledge, like a sort of zero measurement. And we found out that um, 30% of our staff, so in every member's um, um, company, uh, we had certain members that participated in our survey, survey, nine members, and 30% of our all of our staff was uh, women. Right. And uh, of the technical staff, it was also 30%. So, you know, 30%, I mean, we were reading some um, uh, European-based studies. I think it's just a little bit already above uh, what was actually a sort of measurement in Europe. But 30%, of, of course, is not 50, it's right. not 60. 
So there's still a way to go. It's not like, you know, that we are in tears, but um, it's, it's just, and we see it with our children. We see it at the university. It's just needs a few more steps forward. Yeah. I mean, so are there plans for Lease Web to release that kind of data, you know, on, on its gender breakdown? Salary breakdown. Yeah, well, of course, yeah, we are we are a privately owned company, so we are not listed in any way. Uh, and of course, we comply with all the kinds of regulations for, for uh, annual accounts and that sort of thing. But for a social responsibility mm. paragraph, um, yeah, I think we would, would be keen to do that or... If we are if we are not uh, already in that field, I think if we get questions, it would be fine. We also participated in the survey, and what you see is that um, some for some of our members they have a sort of diversity policy. For for some other members, it's not even an issue. You know right. that's also the sort of uh, paradox. If it's really a healthy com- company with a equal um, uh, opportunities for staffing and it's already there then you also feel less need for um, advocating for this and it's sort of self-explanatory uh, goal setting yeah so, so that uh, that varies a little bit uh, yeah. in what type of activities we um, we do all of our members I definitely think there could be a, a value in, in CISB kind of having over the next few years hey to be a member you have to share all this data you have to share it kind of historically as well to show which direction it's trending because i'm not even sure how many companies track this data for themselves so they might not even be fully aware of how how bad or how good it is within the the company yeah i think it's a great marketing tool it's a great hr tool it's a great uh, tool for uh, getting truly digital knowledge more shared by um by men and women, but I'm, I'm, and that's more ideologist. I mean, I, mm. I see the economic value and I see the drives from CISPI also to be able to um, be aligned with the European Commission on equal uh, opportunities. But from my side, I would so much um, like that um, in the development of new tools and products that are sort of mindset of the women, but that's, that's more my own. Uh, <laughs> that's all, also, yeah. That, that is what I really hope for. Yeah, and I, I will say, you know, we're, we're kind of bashing the tech industry. Uh, the tech journal, journalism industry is potentially even worse. It is a in, incredibly male-dominated sector. <laughs> Something we're we're trying to work on, but you feel that difficulty again of just how how difficult it can be as a as a small company to try and make, you know, a hire. Um, but everyone should do their bit which I think is a good closing thought. Did you have any closing thoughts, Jacqueline? Well, I thank you for the opportunity because uh, I think even though a lot of organizations are stepping up Mm. and um, focus on this point of women in their own technology or in their own sector, it doesn't always have to be technology, of course. But um, so we are, yeah, we we are kicking off now. And... um, the more we can do, the better, but we really need to lift the cap, you know, of technology being um, too difficult or uh, too uh, nerdy or whatever it is. I, for all these years that I worked in the technology sector, I had lots of fun. Yes, of course, there's a lot of guys. Hey, mm. yeah, that's also part of the, 
you know, the daily life. Eh? You also interact with all kinds of people. It's international. It's great opportunities. It's really what our heart and life is about, digital life. And so, therefore, I think SISPI is doing a great job to... Uh, to not only focus on the regulatory topics like data privacy, portability, uh, all kinds of fair competition topics, uh, sustainability, that's also what we do, but also um, now introduce and launch Women in Cloud to also seriously spend time on this one. Yeah, 100%. And thank you for your time. And I should say for the, for the men at the back, <laughs> it, this is not a question of replacing the guys. This is about... It just improving the number and the, the the quality but there are so many new jobs so much required yeah, and everybody fill. can yeah and everybody can excel uh in accordance with their own talents mm. and that's also fine whatever but i mean the industry needs us wonderful lovely point to end on thank you for for joining us and if you the listener either have you know how your company is doing uh, and trying to make things better contact us or if you have horror stories equally um, zero downtime at datesonadynamics.com thank you for listening tune in again in a two weeks time bye thank you Seb thank you Jacqueline as a woman in the industry I've got plenty horror stories of my own but that's another story for another day I found Seb's comment about C-suite hires being the hiring equivalent to greenwashing very interesting and although it's better than nothing it's not where we want to be no female wants hired to tick a box, and it's no fun being the token woman. Like anyone, women want to be in their roles because they have the talent and the want to be there. Women don't want or need any special category or special treatment, they just need to be part of the conversation. So from spreading awareness of the opportunities available to standing up to sexism in the workplace, we can all do our bit. At the end of the day, we all lead very digital lives, so we should all be part of that process. And to contradict Elvis, who is by all accounts a wee bit sexist, we need a little more conversation and a lot more action, please. But once again, thank you for listening. Thanks again to Jacqueline for joining us. And thank you to Vertiv for their continued support. Like Seb said, if you've got any comments, questions or anything podcast related, you can email your thoughts to zerodowntime at datesatadynamics.com. Bye for now. Sustainability is no longer a nice to have. It's a priority. Vertiv Power cooling and IT management solutions for critical infrastructure are designed to reduce the use of energy, water, and space. From innovative liquid cooling to dynamic grid services, we work hand-in-hand -hand with customers to enable them to meet their data center sustainability goals. Visit us at vertiv.com and see what we can do for you.